0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post Darby edition of Ahem City Watch's American Citizens. Um, let's just start with the elephant in the room then. Um, my name is Gray. Since I anticipate that we are, as you've, if you follow us on Twitter or if you follow City Watch podcast on Twitter, you are familiar with the fact that we have been picked up as part of the City Watch podcast network that they're going to be doing. Um, so with that, appreciate with that in mind, and we appreciate. We probably have some new listeners today. First of all, we're very happy that you've given us a chance. We hope you enjoy the content here from the other side of the pond. If you're listening from the UK or anywhere in Europe, so what we're going to do before we get into the Derby, um, and for for those of us who, for those of you who have been listening to us for a while, you can sort of tune us out, or you can listen again. But um, just. Going to do some brief introductions. We are called American Citizens. My name is Gray. I am from the beautiful suburban area of Detroit, Michigan, USA. Um, And I'll I'll let Josh introduce himself. He is my partner in this excursion.
1: Yeah, I I am Josh. I live in the armpit of California, known as Bakersfield. Uh, I have been... Uh, covering professionally and at an amateur level uh, sports for the past uh, feels like a decade now um, covered the UFC uh, USC right now the Los Angeles Rams uh, previously Fresno State football which li- your European listeners will be like I have no idea what these are so in short I have covered uh, MMA uh, the NFL and uh, American college football uh, as a journalist. And now we're myself and Gray decided to parlay our blogging slash journalism on other subjects into wonderful banter on Manchester city. So like he said, we hope you enjoy it and yeah, just know that there, there is some, level of 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 knowledge here the city watch just didn't grab two guys and go okay you're our americans you know yeah pretend (laughs) pretend you know what you're talking about um but the the
0: our our experience with manchester city is undoubtedly shorter than a number of our listeners we we don't really make a secret of the fact that we are both post-takeover fans as things the premier league has sort of taken off in America. It was not even five years ago that you had to turn to channel 700-something or other to find it on television, and now there is a game a week on our on NBC, one of the big terrestrial networks. So with the rise of football in America, we have picked up on football in America, and lots more people are picking up on football in America. And so the great folks at City Watch felt that they wanted to have some American voices, to, as City are for better or worse, like it or not, a global brand. Um, they have a footprint in America in the form of NYCFC. So, the goal here is to bring a different perspective from, from somewhere else, from from a place where city are still trying to get a foothold and are starting to succeed. If we're being honest. Um, and we'll talk about Large, that in future episodes and stuff.
1: Yeah, largely thanks to the OSGs that have helped us out along the way. Kudos to all that's you right. guys.
0: And that's another That's another thing we do while we're talking about that. Now, um, we are. We try to stay connected with the American supporters branches, and we like to tell you what's going on with them. So if you'd like to get familiar with some blues on the other side of the pond, if you are in Europe... We have had several people from American supporters groups on here. Um, check our archives. We are on iTunes. We are um, we're sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. You can check our archives on there too. But either way, you can find us on iTunes. All of our episodes. We've been doing this for huh, what would you say about two months? All of yeah. them are on there. And also, so if you want to too. troll troll through our archives, feel free.
1: Yeah, and also of note too, we do, and I'll I'll find it by next week for those who want to listen to it. Gray and I did cover how we became city fans for so. Yeah, I
0: think that was in our very first. Yeah. Podcast, so you can go back and listen to that, and I think we'll probably cover it again at some point because I believe. It's true. Um, someone didn't when, when we had a son on didn't he have his own interesting story yeah, that he never got to share
1: yeah a so, called my story beautiful and then uh i think uh mike devlin uh thought it was was kind of awesome so we both came to city by genuine and, and honest intentions and Unlike some of those people who slap on the, you know, the rags colors and call themselves a fan. We've pretty much thrown our lives into learning everything there is to know about this club um, and are hoping. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the point being, if if they wind up back in the second division tomorrow, we'll still be here.
1: Yeah, we will. That that that's. That's a really good way to summarize it. So, what's on deck for us today? Let's let's get now that we've gotten the uh,
0: the the pleasantries out of the way. Let's talk some football. Um, after a week of, well, I called it on Twitter last night the uh, the sort of cult of personality of the Pogs Latino media obsession over the past week. We went and ruined the narrative and won two one at Old Trafford. Um, Thanks to a match-winning performance by Kevin De Bruyne, who I have continued to bristle at the... I'm going to pat myself on the back for a moment, because it seems like every week we've had to talk about, can De Bruyne and Silva coexist? Can Should we drop him? No, we shouldn't drop him, and today was why you saw why. So, first question, 2-1. Um, fair result, yes or no? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. If we're being honest, I don't see
0: how you could say no. Honestly, yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, even your
0: you know, I I haven't seen it yet, but I saw even Gary Neville. I shouldn't say that because he's actually not bad. He's not super biased, but he he said he himself said that deserved. Everyone I've seen said it was fully deserved.
1: Yeah, and 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 basically, you, you look at this and say it likely, even if you count where count those penalties out. Like if you say that Bravo, we, we will get into the penalty. decisions. Yeah, it, it, yeah, we'll get all into all of that. But I, I, I think if you added all that up, the result is fair. Uh, City bossed the possession. Um, I saw a tweet stating something like United hadn't had that little possession at home since, you know, I don't know before I was born, I think. Uh, but The result was fair. City were the better team and and dominated the game where it mattered most. United had a much better second half. If you were scoring this as a tale of two halves, you'd say it was close to even. But that's not really the way it played out. And it's somewhat astonishing that United had 39.9% possession and, and sort of dominated that second half. Like what would the numbers have been had all the fitness been there had, you know, Guardiola had his full roster available to him. It's curious. Like, and you know, if I don't want to get into this yet, I was going (laughs) to, I was going to about to say something about Bravo, but he's down there on the list. So we'll get there. But, um, I'd briefly, if he, if he bled him in that West Ham game, it's it's really scary to think of what the result could have been. And then, you know, of course, Jose is going to bring out his, uh, his usual complaints about this should have been a penalty, that should have been a penalty, yada, yada. But uh, at the end of the day, I think he knows he got tactically outgunned. And like you were saying off air uh, before the show started, Gray, right? Like the amusing part about all of this is that the guy who was supposed to be the Premier League guru got basically outclassed to the point where he had to say on national television, I got it wrong. I was the one who got it wrong.
0: Yeah. The the first half, he he basically admitted that, yeah, I picked the wrong team. And I was shocked to see Lingard in particular in there. I don't know what he offers that Martial or um, Mata don't. But, you know, not complaining. Mkhitaryan looked a bit short of fitness to me and looked like he wasn't quite ready for the occasion. Um, And I think those were the two players that kind of were singled out as sort of just being the weak links in the first half. Um, I would also say that... um, well, first of all, I, they did dominate the first half by and large, and it should have probably they could have been more than two. Um, I thought the goal allowed United to sort of get a foot in the game. I think if they don't score there right before halftime, it might the entire second half might look a bit different. But at that point, they had a headwind. Um, yeah, this and I would put say put even six. Even, yeah. yeah, even during the second half. As much as they, you know, they played significantly better, they tweaked the tactics, they were definitely much more, more of a match for City. But, you know, even during that second half, it wasn't like Bravo's goal was being peppered with activity, you know. And City were looking very, very dangerous on the counter. So... And that reminds me a lot of the other some of the other games we've seen this year, where, you know, even when it didn't feel like City were on the ascendancy, it also you know, they were under pressure today. They absolutely were. But it also didn't quite ever feel like they were hanging on for dear life. And that's an observation we've made about a couple other games. The Stoke game, um, the West Ham game, where they were up by one goal in the second half and they were kind of trying to see out the game. But it never really felt like they were like clinging to a tree in a hurricane. It just never had that feel about it. It was scarier because it was united. They were more capable than those two opponents. And, you know, you don't want to throw away a two goalie in the derby but it didn't feel like this it was just a complete battering that we survived so to speak
1: yeah i i I generally agree with that like i mean you kind of summarized it there but but how did you see the game is this something you felt Because, I mean, Marcotti tweeted after the game, he's like, you know, finally a Derby that, that, that lived up to the hype, and I think at the same time, it both did and didn't and and always did at, all at the same time like i don't know how all of that can be possible but it was like you you look at this derby and and you see the possession that city had and just you know what some of their guys were able to do and how much uh running united had to do how much running city had to do etc and you know 2-1 it's it, it feels weird when you look at at, at that game and it just says two one because overall it didn't feel like a two one no, game. No,
0: it didn't. If you'd have told me at halftime that it was going to finish two one, I would have told you you're wrong. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but you know, the way I see it, and I told myself, and I would say this if United had won, I'm saying it as if City as City have won. There, I'm not really willing to put a lot on this in terms of, like, what it means. Um, it was two very good teams that are under new management, have spent a lot of money, and are still coming to grips with what they are. So, I'm not going to draw this enormous city of favorites for the title because I'm not going to say that because it's the fourth game of the Premier League season. I, it just feels too early to make any sort of proclamation like that. And I, I would have said that no matter who had won. So... On that note, though, what I will say is that I thought that in this game, City demonstrated basically all the attributes you would need to be right near the top of the table at the end of the season. There was the skill, There was they outplayed them for much, if not much, of the first half. Um, there was the skill, but there was also that sort of steel that they were able to weather a storm, they were able to face a tough opponent, defend, and defend successfully. And I thought that was very big because that was where they've fallen short in in certain times. Colorado in the past.
1: literally gave a tooth to it.
0: Yeah, thank you, Maron Um But yeah, I that, I came away really impressed. It was you know both a good footballing performance and they showed that physicality, that steel that you need to win in the Premier League. Everyone thought, you know, United have all these big players. We knew the game plan. It wasn't a secret. United have all these big players. They have Ibrahimovic. They have, you know,
1: Pogba Pogba,
0: all the other really tall players that they have in their ranks. And they just thought, you know, the plan was to bully City. Even on their free kick goal, they didn't really bully City. Stones and Bravo just got tangled up and then it left it right there for Zlatan. But they didn't, it didn't feel like City were bullied. They held their own, I thought. And that is important because, you know, we know how physical the Premier League is. We know that we're going to have to deal with some opponents who are going to, you know, their strategy is going to be to write us off as sort of slight and try to knock us around and unsettle us and get us off our game. And, you know, I think that was definitely part of the United game plan today. And we held up. And that really, really impressed me, and that makes me feel a lot better going forward about City's
1: chances. See, the problem with having small – using a tactic of we're going to bully the little guy only works if the little guy isn't a badass. Like – if you happen to be trying to like bully say like Demetrius Johnson or something like woe be unto you man you deserve the ass kicking that's coming your way. Uh people may hate Otamendi uh for the way he rolls around on the ground in his play acting but I'm going to say this and and I don't really care who feels what way about it. Look, everybody at some point play axe for a penalty. It just or, or or for whatever reason to stall to get a guy on. Like at some point in their career the vast majority of people I've seen, mm, you know, work it a little. Um the thing with guys like that is that you hate them until they're on your team. And when you're on the team, those sorts of dark arts may still be deplorable, but you know what? They give you some balls in a game like this, and you need balls in a game like this. You you need the ability to say, you know, we may be small, but hey, Fellaini, I'm not going to back down from you just because I'm this little dude from, you know, Spain, Nolito showed absolutely no fear. Sterling showed no fear, and whole lot of nothing else. Uh, Just a joke. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I will
0: say they seem that they they seem like they were focusing on going up the left Nolito side of the pitch, and not the.
1: I think they sensed they had a weakness there, which is really weird because that left side had Valley and Fellaini on one of the smallest guys on the pitch. I I thought that was actually something marino did on purpose yeah I, uh,
0: I don't i don't know but uh sterling sort of marginalized today they seem to be focusing more on the other side that makes but, sense you know, I, I don't i i just saw the pass map and it was just all going through uh, the nolito Kolarov side maybe it's that's because just- he has more more faith in Kolarov to sort of be a creative fullback than he does in senia i don't know there's probably
1: a reason for it but i don't quite know what it is Yeah, I'm not sure what it is either, because, you know, Sanya's actually not a bad attacking fullback and is somewhat of an ageless wonder. I'll grant you that Kolarov has a gorgeous left foot. Um, But, yeah, I I, I think to some extent, I I think both managers got the matchup they wanted on that left-hand side. It just... Jose Mourinho, as he said in his post-match, you know, bitch fest, uh ultimately he picked the wrong players. He put his faith in the wrong people. He got it wrong, and, and it didn't work out for him. It worked out for City. But I think tactically both managers were trying to get that left-hand side set up and I, I was commenting on this during the game because I didn't think Melito had been that impressive like to me visually I, I wasn't seeing much out of him but then you you see the maps or you know you go back and you take a look at it and and you see the little movements and things like that and oh okay it's A lot easier, I think, with an All-22 versus, you know, whatever A shot, B shot, C shot you get from NBC. Not at all like they do a bad job in any way. By far, one of the best coverage teams per sport here in America, I'll tell you that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I wasn't sure about Nolito, but it's really hard to argue against the performance that he gave out there. and, And, you know, like I said, just, you know, sort of getting back to that original point, you need guys to have ballsy performances to win games like these to set a tone for the rest of the season and say, you know, like you said, Gray, like we may be small, but you're not going to come in here and kick us around. You can kick out a tooth if you want, but we're taking the three points.
0: You, while you bring up Nolito. you know what he kind of reminded me of, you know, a player who the general thing is, if you actually watch him, like you're at a game and you watch, not TV cameras, you watch him and you see what he brings to a side um, that you don't really get when you just watch on TV. And the City player that we had in recent years that I heard that said about a lot was Gareth Barry, um, not the greatest technical footballer, not, you know, but. You know, in, the, in in American parlance, we have a term, and you will know it, and I will know it. It's called sort of being the glue guy. Um, that's kind of what Nolito feels like. He does a lot of things you don't notice. And before he was working hard, he was tracking back, he was, you know...
1: And I think that's why Mourinho the has targeted him, because he is the yeah. glue guy.
0: Yeah. Um, but, you know, not the greatest going forward today, but he put in a shift. And there's no disputing that. Um, the tweet I wanted to read, I'm going to read this verbatim. It's from, uh, Guillaume Balagué. How do you pronounce his last name? I, I know it and I don't know it.
1: But uh, the point is... You, you just remember Balrog. I, that's what Balogu, I... Uh, whatever.
0: I don't. I just you, call People can figure out who I'm talking about. I don't live in the UK. I don't get to see him on your TV. So, you know who I'm talking about. But he tweeted during the first half when City were bossing it was... Both Manchester coaches have had same amount of time with their teams. Both have spent lots, but one team has got a clear idea of what to do. And I thought that summed it up perfectly because I don't think Mourinho knows his best eleven yet, and I don't think he knows the best roles for some sure, of I don't those think guys he yet. As either, I don't either. But I think he's closer to knowing. True. And it doesn't. It doesn't help that they haven't had everyone available. Well, that's why I think um, he doesn't know it. I, I, yeah, I'm, no, that's that's totally fair. Um, but what I will say is that I don't think he know I think Guardiola has roles in mind for every one of his players. I'm not sure that Mourinho yet knows where some of these guys are best deployed. Like I'm gonna use Pogba, for instance, today, who was not, you know, a fraud or completely invisible or as bad as everyone, you know. People are gonna make the jokes, and I'm all about the jokes. I'm totally good with that. But you know, the thing about Pogba is that he has the body of, say, Ayaya Torre in his prime, but he just wants to play attacking midfield when he has so much more to offer. And, you know, we saw it, him and Fellaini both, they just weren't tracking De Bruyne. They weren't. And that is how he got in for the first goal with an assist from Deli Blint, man of the match. Um, And that's, you know, they just weren't tracking those runs. And it's like... Pogba can be so great, but they got caught at times, and they just weren't really following along with De Bruyne especially, and that allowed him to have the impact on the game that he did. So, I think they're still trying to figure out the best system over there, and I think at least in the first half, City were able to take full advantage of a little bit of naivety, a little bit of uncertainty, and a couple guys who weren't quite ready for the occasion, and... Frankly, the game could have been over by halftime, which is why I don't have a ton of sympathy for, you know, all, all the Mourinho whining, which we'll get into. But, um, that, time, the first half was so good and they held out, they, they had, they had to play for it in the second half. And, you know, that's better than the, I want them to be tested. I want to know how good these guys are and I want to know what they still have to work on. And they were tested and they came through that very, 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 very well, and I, I had no complaints about that.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, tactically, this was really interesting to watch on paper, man. Um, it sort of reminded me of the two thousand and fourteen national title game when Malzahn. And and Jimbo Fisher just kept such a, slight,
0: such a fun game. <laughs>
1: kept slightly altering things because they they saw different things and noticed different things, and it was just a great back and forth matchup. And and you could see Jimbo's defensive mind at work, and and Malzahn, you know, the the offensive, the X's and O's, just going through his head. And I thought it was hilarious when they were coming over. It, there's a key moment in that game that, that I thought was funny because as it happened, I'm like, nope, that was absolutely the wrong pass, A City had like a four on – I think it was like either two or three. And, and, you know, Kelechi's got the ball and he plays it to the strong side uh, over on the right-hand side when when the left-hand side was clearly where the ball should have gone. And it, that was right about the double tackle of Silva and Otamendi on Valencia, where Silva got booked. Uh, the one that led to the goal? Yes, yes. And, you know, Jose is over which there. Might I, which,
0: might I add, was a really cynical and useless challenge and probably shouldn't didn't need to be made.
1: So yeah, that, kind that, of that I, both of them were stupid, really. Yeah, uh, it was very cynical. That, but not, go ahead. Not the players, but but the challenges were stupid, just to clarify. I mean, Silva and Otamendi are stupid. Uh, But what I thought was hilarious is, and I was thinking it when when the pass happened, is, and Kyle Martino actually mentioned it. You know, Mourinho's obviously, both managers are separated by literally 80 centimeters. Uh, and, And Mourinho and Guardiola are both standing there yelling. And and Mourinho's yelling at the ref, because obviously he wants to see some kind of uh red card produced. Uh and pep's over there yelling at for making the wrong pass. And and that just kinda gives you an indication of what's what. And it kinda summarized the game for me. United we're looking for either a handball or a penalty or a freak accident to get them into that game, and City were, controlled, were controlling it with X's and O's. I just thought that that one play was just a, like that one snapshot of those two managers focusing on those things was quite literally the tale of the match.
0: Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and we knew the game. They made no secret they were going to look for set pieces. They were going to look for balls in the air, and you know they were going to try to win set pieces. And you know their goal came on a set piece, but like I said, it wasn't it wasn't particularly a well executed set piece on their part. We just completely botched it. Um, let's let's talk about uh, the penalty shouts. Um, there were a couple generally on the united side let's talk about the bravo tackle first for you
1: penalty or no penalty absolutely no no, it wasn't a penalty for me i i first of all i thought rooney worked it a little bit um and i can see why everyone's saying studs up or whatever but as kyle martino pointed out The studs don't come up until, like, at the very end of the incident, and that's really just by happenstance. I mean, it's just kind of what ended up happening. Uh, Bravo got there. Klattenberg had been letting those kinds of tackles happen in the outfield basically all game long. So he was consistent within his own refereeing by allowing Bravo to do what he was allowing the outfield players to do. At the end of the day, Bravo got the ball. He was there first and he had a right to it. Rooney was coming in from a different angle. Both players have a right to it. probably a 50, 50 ball. Um, But yeah, you know, even if you do give that a penalty, I'm going to bring this back to Valencia uh, on the other side. He kicked Otamendi after he slid in and tackled him from behind. That's a penalty that should have been awarded. And if nothing else, the kick into Otamendi's face, that should have been a penalty and that should have been a red card. So no matter how Jose wants to work it up, the penalties would have evened themselves out. And that doesn't count marijuana Fellaini literally kicking a tooth out of Kolarov.
0: Uh, the other thing, um, I, the incidents you're referring to, and there was the one, I think it was Eric Bailly, in the box on a corner. It was the corner that Fernandinho got a relatively free shot and there was a goal line scramble and they managed to clear it. But Baye went right in on Ultimendi and got him. Yeah, it was Baye. I thought, yeah, that I thought, yeah, I agree that that was absolutely, I thought it was a penalty as for the Bravo incident. You know, I think it would have been harsh. I think it's telling that everyone you ask, it was basically the pundits on NBC. It was split right down the middle two to two as to whether it was or it wasn't. Um, And you know, I think it I think they were a bit fortunate to get away with it in today's football the way it's officiated now. I think they were a bit fortunate to get away with it. But I'm not sure it's a penalty either way. Um and with
1: the kind like, of game Bravo was having, you know, just yeah. current mistakes you can see Klattenburg maybe thinking that's just reckless, he'd made a mistake with a heavy touch and I mean, you could there are a lot of things Klattenburg could have inferred. And on the whole, I'm going to say this, man. I don't think Clattenburg did a bad job. Now, United either. fans will feel hard done by it, but you know what? Much ado was made about his refereeing heading into this match, and if that spotlight made any difference in the way that he referees, I'm not going to complain about it today. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he was terrible. I think that there were some, you know— United fans will moan about the lack of penalty decisions, and the other one that they moaned about, which I can't believe they had the nerve to, to moan about, about was in the alleged Otamendi handball, which just hit him on the shoulder, and you know, it was clearly not intentional. He had his arms behind his back. There was nothing there.
1: So... Jose, I'm, I'm, I'm very clear explanation is yeah, it I'm, I'm, was still intentional.
0: I, I'm, I'm both surprised and not surprised that he tried to make that into an issue.
1: But, um,
0: point being, you know, United fans will complain about some things. But, so, you know, how many fouls did Rooney commit before he got booked once? Ah,
1: seriously, um, that was enough to make me go mad.
0: So, you know, I think we both have some things to complain about. But when it's that way, you know, I would rather both sides feel shortchanged than one side feel shortchanged. Because that usually means it's oh, a bit you can call. I want
1: to ask you a question. Cause Cause I to, go ahead. I, I looked at Rooney's foul on Bravo. And to me, that was a red. And now you can add in all the other things that you want about Rooney. Those things weren't called shh, shh, shh. I don't care about that. This is what I saw in that play just in a vacuum. Rooney had zero chance, zero chance of winning that ball. He went in with the intention of doing exactly what he did. He came in from behind. He had his stud showing, if you want to say studs up. I, I, How is that? That's the definition of dangerous play. You have no purposeful intention of making that tackle, and he's doing it to a goalkeeper. Now, I, I know you can't take the goalkeeper necessarily into account or that you shouldn't, but at the same time, you do. I mean, at, Bravo, if he's a ball-playing goalkeeper, has to understand that he's free to be pressed, like, by anybody else. But if Wayne Rooney had run up from behind with no chance of winning a ball and slid into him, how many times have we seen a red flashed for that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I He got a red for that
1: in Copa America.
0: I don't know. I don't I don't know that I would have given any red cards today.
1: Fair enough
0: to be honest with you. I, I just it, it I think there does have to be a little bit of leniency in a game like this too, is the other thing that I would say because if you start, you know, this is going to be played at sort of a higher intensity level than your average Premier League game. There's just no two ways about it. Um, so you know, maybe that's why it took seven hundred fouls to get Rooney a booking. Maybe that's how why Bravo was not given a red and stayed on the pitch and was not had didn't have a penalty given against him. I don't know. I didn't think Clattenburg was that awful today. No,
1: yeah. um, by any stretch. So,
0: and, and and so you know, I I don't think that the referee was the reason that one team won and one team lost. And that's really you know, I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. Um, Best thing about it, real quick point, is that on a lot of those decisions too. NBC highlighted that Klattenberg was looking on him dead on and waving, acknowledging yeah. him. So that actually
0: after, especially after the last game, when somehow Mariner missed the Aguero incident, you know, that right. sort of um, thing is under the microscope. And I'm glad that that, you know, I'm glad that came up. Me too. Well, let's talk about Claudio Bravo. Let's- um, not the greatest debut that anyone will ever have. <laughs> um, I think all that was um, there's going to be people that are going to overreact to this and there already are but frankly that was the uh, goalkeeper who had just met his defense two days ago and didn't really know how to communicate with them.
1: Yeah. Um, he and Stones are going to have to get on a working pairing and, and if he's going to try and come out Claudio Bravo may want to maybe reduce his range a little bit more in the Premier League. Like in La Liga, maybe you look and say, I can come, you know, more than halfway out of my box, you know, almost to the edge to, to to grab one of those balls. And I know that he does that stuff when he plays for Chile, too, because I've watched every single competitive game Chile have played uh, in, in both Copa Americas. Uh, so I, I'm more than familiar with Bravo's style of play. And uh, I just think that maybe he should reduce his range. You know how like Pep Guardiola came in and said, all right, Ribery, instead of running the entire length, I want you to limit your, your runs to this space here. Uh, You know, save yourself some energy. I I think that Bravo might want to do something similar, like set yourself a point beyond which thou shalt not go. And I thought your point is just very well made. He he looked like a goalkeeper who met his defense two days ago. And it is proof that Pep isn't perfect. It is proof that Pep does make mistakes. And mistakes like this should be analyzed. They should be brought up. And they should be mentioned. Because right now, City fans are on cloud nine. But these are the mistakes that Pep will make, see Bayern, in huge games that people need to be prepared for later on.
0: So, so are, are you saying are you saying that you think Caviar should have started this game? Yes,
1: yes, I do. Okay, okay. Start starting, and I know that Bravo built up with with some great play, and 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 he was a part of that, but. Had John Stones not – and, well, actually, let's rephrase that. Has Zlatan not pussyfooted an effort, this game yeah. ends too, too. You know, if Zlatan uh, uh, actually well, if, gives a damn if, about that ball – if they it, it, make it
0: 2-2 two, two, there, God knows how it ends. How God knows how the yeah, second okay. half plays off. Yeah. Okay. I, they might have broken open. They might have, you know, who knows. But and your point is well taken. Needless to say, it changes the entire game. You've already blown a 2-0 lead at that point. Yeah. So you're not feeling too good. So, yeah, your point is very, 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 very,
1: very well taken. I, it's just one of those things where it's, okay, it's a great day. And that's why we should talk about this massive error in judgment by Pep. Because better to talk about it today than to get down the line and be like, you know, damn that man. These are the sorts of things that you live and die by with Pet. You just have to understand it comes with the territory. A tinkering madman. you know. You know who the best... American comparison to Pep Guardiola is. I want to see if you can take a guess. Do I get a sport? College football. Okay.
0: Then, then I'm not going to know that well. So you, you just tell me.
1: Less Miles. <laughs> If, ever eats,
0: if he ever eats grass, then we're going to have some things to talk about.
1: Yeah, Pat Guardiola reminds me, and and maybe people will point... I get it. Smoth. I think he's a more successful version of Les yeah. Miles, but I get, I get the comparison. Yeah, uh, these are guys who will sometimes outthink themselves, but more often than not, the crazy trap that they come up with is going to work. This was one time... I, just, I think the error in judgment wasn't maybe necessarily to start Bravo today so much as it was not to bleed him in West Ham. Can can we agree that that was the massive error in judgment, not start That's, Bravo at West Ham?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I, didn't he just like, sign literally like, the day before or so? I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that because but I think it, it might have been... been... then. Starting him?
1: No, I get the defense isn't any better. I, I
0: get the logic. I get the logic,
1: but you, you just shouldn't have started today. Maybe I should reduce it one step further.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's all. I think that's more fair because I think asking throwing him in there ahead of, in, in in West Ham would have been asking a whole whole lot. Um, more than even throwing him in today. I think.
1: Oxford disagrees.
0: Well, that that's fair, but I think I think that would have. I'm not saying they would have lost,
1: but I think it would have been
0: a bit unfair for him.
1: I think um, it would have made things evident, though. I don't think the time you want to find no, that's out fair. How, how much of the struggle maybe the, the height thing for Bravo is going to be in a Premier League, the time to find that out is not against the Jolly Red Giants, you know? I, I just—I know a lot of people were— are going to harp on Bravo about this. And I've already seen Pep talking him up. And, and you know, you and I both know exactly why he's saying that Guardiola had the best game he's ever seen. Both of us know that's coach speak. Yeah. (laughs) It's not true in the slightest. (laughs) Pep doesn't believe in word of that. Not one word. But we, we know what he's doing, and this is why Pep is. Because Bravo, he doesn't need to say it. Pep has no need to get up on stage and bury Bravo. Bravo. I've seen some. People yeah. Like us.
0: I've seen some worry that, like, Bravo's confidence is going to be dented from. Claudio Bravo is a 33 year old goalkeeper, vastly experienced, has won at the international level. I'm not really worried about him not recovering from this. Yeah. It's not. It's not something that I'm worried about. I think he'll be fine. I think it's a matter of getting to grips with his defense and getting time on the training field. I think that's all it is. Um, I don't think it's going to destroy his confidence. I don't think it's going to make him think that he's like not cut out for this or not up to the task. I don't think any of that.
1: He did seem a bit nervy after his Yeah, re- I
0: I that. will say he did seem he definitely seemed nervy. I think he was dwelling on the ball a bit too long, which is what, part of what led to the controversy with Rooney. Um, Are you trying to th- live up to that, you think? Yeah, you- I don't. I think that that might be a part of it. I think he was nervous. I think, I think he, you know, I think it just sort of. I don't think it's going to carry over, but I do think that it sort of shook him a bit. The mistake um, that led to the goal, and then he was, you know, he was just definitely dwelling on the ball too long. He didn't seem prepared for the press. He didn't seem like prepared for the intensity of it, and. Is that, Maybe still that worrying? Because you It's think slightly it's worrying, but at the same time how many other teams are going to press like this? A lot. Yeah. But I don't know how many of them are going to be as as I think it's something that's going to be worked on very. Quickly.
1: Well, let's put it this way, man. That's what I'll say. there's going to be at least one other team in the league that's going to press oh, that? Oh, sure.
0: Liverpool will press the hell out of us when we mm-hmm. play them. That's just one example. But I think it's fixable. Ever. I think it's, I think well, I think it'll be more than just Liverpool. But at the same time, I do think it's fixable. Um, I think there will be a transition process. He's never played in the league before. He's getting grips with it. Just, you know, but I don't think that it's not unfixable. And I don't think it's going to take like this enormously long time for him to figure out how he should best be handling things. I just, it's not something I'm worrying. I, you can tell me if you are, but I think he'll get to grips with it.
1: I think he will too. It's, you know, it uh, didn't somebody, you or somebody tweeted, you know, you know, the guys won, you know, two Copa America titles and in a Champions League. But, you know, sure, you know, this, this one game, that that one Premier League game is just going to rewrite that entire career, man. Yeah, it's just it's over for Bravo from here on out. No, man. This is a guy, like I said, you know, Pep doesn't need to bury him. That's why he praised him is because Bravo is going to be harder on himself than Pep could be. And and yep. like you said, he's a 33-year-old goalkeeper who's done it all. Bravo is probably out on the training pitch as we speak. That's just, you know, I, I mean, probably not literally, but, um, you know, this is, this is a I guy. Don't, I don't think anyone will be working harder
0: than he will in training, as no. I like, put it that no.
1: way. No, yeah, I completely agree with you, man. I, I, this is a guy who is, is the utmost professional, has been wherever he's, you know, gone, where wherever he's minded net. uh, obviously, uh, the captain of Chile for a reason, um, um, you know, he he embodies a very professional spirit and this might not ha- have been and I'm being generous here. <laughs> Let's just be real. His game today sucked. It it just sucked. Yeah, he had a rough he had a rough time of it today.
0: Like and it, that is not that that's not saying anything about his quality as a goalkeeper. He what? just People have bad games and he had a bad game.
1: If, if he would have wrote up his own story for his debut, this would not have been a chapter at all.
0: Yeah. He, I think he would be the first one to admit that he was not good today. And, and Why Pet doesn't need to say it? Yeah. And and, the, and I will also say that, um, well, I think I just lost my train of thought, which is wonderful. But um, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't be bothered to worry about this. He's just, he's, he'll get it right. And like you said, like we both said, vastly experienced, he is not here on vacation. He's didn't even he didn't, he you don't leave Barcelona for for no good reason. It's, it's just, people don't do that. If you are leaving Barcelona, you got a good reason to do it. So, yeah. He's here for a reason and he's going to get better and I'm not worried about it.
1: Yeah. Um uh, there's there's zero worry on my end about Bravo. Like I said, the only thing that I would be Doing, if I were him, not... I was about to say worried, but then I'm like, I just said... Tiny bit. Word. A ti- give you a tiny bit of pause. Yeah, he just needs to set that boundary for, for, for how far he comes out. Because I do think on a week-in, week-out basis... Look, we gotta be real about Spain, man. Not everybody is Sergio Ramos. And <laughs> there's a reason he's one of the best defenders in La Liga. He's just bigger than everybody else. Um. Uh, But, you know, 6'4", 6'3", 6'5", guys, they're they're a dime a dozen in the Premier League. And you just have to get used to the fact that every week, you're going to be going up against some really tall guys. And reduce that range a little bit. Give yourself less to worry about and trust in the defense because he's got a damn good one in front of him with Kolarov. Did anybody ever think these words would be coming? out? (laughs) He's got a damn good defense in front of him with Kolarov, Otamendi and, and stone sort of rotating in and out of, of being that center back who can bring the ball out because all of them are decent with their feet. So I, I think it's, He's got to just trust those guys to do the job and not be as worried about it, uh, you know, because at Barca, he was playing with a really leaky defense.
0: I'm really pleased for him. Uh, the last thing I'll say on this topic is that I'm I'm really pleased for him that he didn't end up costing City the three points. I'm very, very pleased for him because that would have made it so much uh, worse.
1: Uh, now, now, that I would have listened to <laughs> Claudio Bravo might, you know— he's yeah. getting in his head and getting the yips. Yeah,
0: I'm. That's that's why. That's why I'm very very glad that they they got out of there with the three points and that he did not cost them, in the derby because that would have been. And I think that's also a very, very bad scenario.
1: Yeah, it kind of makes sense as to why Pet now said he had the best game and, and mentioned all the things he did right. Is because Bravo's probably feeling like he damn near did that exact yeah. thing, and so if that, like you said, if that second chance that fell to Zlatan goes
0: in, then who knows what we're talking if about. If he
1: right makes now. half an effort, that was the laziest ass. i that was so nonchalant, man. Like that's the ego for Zlatan. Like if you cock your leg back and put your foot through that ball, John Stones probably watches it sail past for another epic Zlatan goal, you know? Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. just like, mm, I'm going to kick it. And
0: it. I didn't think we were terribly bullied by Zlatan today, to be honest oh, with you. He got a fair amount of touches, but it just F. wasn't.
1: Mangala wasn't out there to put him in his back <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We we needed to just before we left he left on loan. We needed to get Mangala to write out some tips on pocketing zlatan for the new boys. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about Reno's crying at the derby. I think we both agree that we don't really have any sympathy. Um, this is your question. What do you make of United using the same strategy as Stoke to win a game? <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll, ta- I'll tackle this one first because it's not. I don't have a long answer, but I hate. I'm not going to be hope solo. I hate when people are like, hmm, this the wrong way to play football. Do I enjoy the sort of direct hoofing it and using set? No, I don't like it. I don't like watching it. It's not enjoyable. But I don't begrudge any team who sees it as the best way to play.
1: I, I think United. That's are not what I was phrasing boys. it as. I, I was well, phrasing it more, more in the sense of what do you make of the fact that a team of United's quality was using a long ball strategy to win a game? In other words, like. Picture, picture a team with Kevin Durant flipping, you know, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving using a Jim Behind like 2-3 zone to try and win a game. Like, why the hell is that? The st- I mean, I get that they're tall players, but you're telling me that that's the only way United could get the ball up the field is to hoof it up there? I don't care if they want to play like that. I couldn't give two yeah. craps okay. how it. they play. Yeah, I get it. I gotcha.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think we, we all knew what was going to happen here. City were going to try to dominate the ball, and Mourinho was going to basically try to hit on the counter with long balls with, you know, counter attacks, whatever, what have you. I don't, I don't know why anyone would have expected any differently. You know, I just, for all this talk about, you know, the talk that's gotten buried about how United fan, how dull United were under Van Hall and Moyes and they didn't, you know, they did attack, attack, attack. We are United. We attack. It's not going to be all that different in games like this under Mourinho. It's just, they're going to play on the counter it's not going to be terribly exciting. It's not going to. Although there was some end to end stuff, it was actually, I thought this. Was, I thought it was an excellent game of football, to be honest with you. But there, it's just not the way that he sets up in big games like this, and that's just the way it is. I can't say I'm surprised, and I don't know why anyone would be surprised. You know, if I were a United fan, I probably wouldn't like it. But you know, isn't here to win, and that's you know they were tired of trying different things, and they just substandard football and it was costing them. It was costing champions league appearances. It was costing them in the league. And so they just, you know, you know what? Just screw it. We need someone who's going to come in here and win that. That's really the rationale. He's not here to attack. He's not here to play. You know, he's not here like Pep is to it learn is a and to play.
1: ducks of, of, uh, Real Madrid's reason for hiring him. It's a yeah. literal redux.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, and then you know it's you know frankly if you if you're a club of united stature you need to be winning and the last 3 years have not been up to their standards so it doesn't none of this surprises me at all um at the end of the day it's about well it's about making money and to make money you need to be successful so at the end of the day it's about being successful and that's you know it's, this is that's it it's just I don't know why anyone would be surprised by this and it's it's just the way you know I keep saying you know I'm sorry but that that's how it's going to be he's gonna set up that way against teams like city that are going to try to play I don't you know I don't know what I'm he'll, do to Liverpool what he'll- or
1: exactly you read my mind yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know what he'll do about against the likes of Liverpool or Chelsea in particular with Conte, who's just gonna who's going to play the Italian way. probably. God, I
1: can't wait for that one.
0: Um, yeah, that that's the upside of all these great managers in in the Premier League, isn't it? Because we get to do this a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We know how he'll set up against Arsenal, <laughs> and he'll probably beat Wenger again because that's just how how it works. But I I just. This is you can you can tell me what you think about it, but I don't know why anyone would be surprised by it.
1: I guess the only real reason I'm surprised by it is because I thought that Mourinho, if, if this doesn't work out, because if Mourinho doesn't win the first year, the pressure begins to mount and he typically doesn't do well with that. And as it stands right now, I'm not sure if Mourinho is going to win it this year. You need to have a either. you need to have a strong sense of what your team is going to be. And United may only have one loss. That's that's totally fine. I I, I get that, and I'm not saying that City will be the ones who win it. But as I'm looking around the league. I see teams that are much more confident in the style they play than what United are trying to do. You, you, honestly, Jose Mourinho kind of looks like Pellegrini right now. He's mixing, he's matching, he's trying different things and trying to figure out making baffling changes when he really should have left it alone. And, you know, why on earth you pick today to give Henrik Mkhitaryan his start? I mean, I, I just. Well, by the same token, why do you w- pick today to give Claudio
0: Bravo his first? I think everyone's tinkering.
1: Right, but Jose's tinkering is basically United did not have a transfer plan, which is what's going to make Jose's job a lot harder. Jose did something very unlike him. He went in, and he said, I need these guys. Well, he wanted those guys because they were all Rayola guys, and Rayola knew that those guys, he could get them to agitate for a move. That was the plan. Get some big names, bring them into United. They didn't need what he brought in. They needed other things. But Jose, in typical Jose fashion, I tell my team I want four players. Well, you got your four players, dude. How they doing? Now, look at the transfers that Pep made, targeted, poignant, and specific transfers, and look how they've slotted into the team. That's the difference between these two squads right now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah,
0: that's that's fair, I think, but um I will say what about the uh the game they they play against Hull that reminded me so much of his first year at Chelsea in his second spell um you know a small team that's defending with their lives and even though they did win it at the end it reminded me of some of those games they that that Chelsea played against smaller clubs like that when they they were held by West Ham I believe that year they lost to Aston Villa um their problem was never the top of the table it was they were dropping points against teams that on paper they shouldn't have been dropping points to it almost happened again already so i look at that and i think you know that he's there are going to be games where you know they don't seem very good at breaking teams down and they're having a tough time with that today obviously it wasn't a case like that but Hall, they absolutely did when Hall stacked the box with 11 defenders. And I don't know how they'll cope with that, because if this is just going to be a redux of his first year at Chelsea, then, you know, maybe next year is great,
1: but... I'm waiting to see how the egos move, because Zlatan, look, man, it's there's only going to come a time when people... Zlatan's quickly going to find out that as the season moves on... If United aren't moving forward in the right direction, people aren't going to frankly give a shit what he says. No matter how outlandish, comedic... And for the record, I do find Zlatan to be a funny guy. He's an arrogant jackass, but I find him at times to be funny. I like him better at PSG, but I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that I, I like PSG's Zlatan. I think,
0: I think that's generally just going to be a fact of life here.
1: Yeah. Uh, can't stand Zlatan right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, if things don't start going his way or Premier League defenders start catching on to what he does because it doesn't take the Premier League you, to adjust.
0: For whatever shortcomings that Conti has in his defense, do you really think they're not going to bully him around? They're not yeah, sure no, going to try gonna
1: at least? They they're going. They're going to try. Yeah. And, and if some teams start to pick up on that and they start doing that to Zlatan day in and day out and he doesn't get his way... He and Mourinho alone have egos that can collapse a locker.
0: United just need to win some games, frankly, and I think everything will work itself out. But this, you know, that's not really my
1: concern. Um, I'm rooting for the other scenario, to be quite honest. Oh, well, so am I. (laughs) Absolutely so am I.
0: Um, Anything other than the obvious that we talked about bravo anything other than that obvious that you want that concerned you about this game moving forward
1: no the only thing that i would add on is that you know people had pogba down as anonymous and you know there's the great memes of him in a milk carton and such but There were moments in that game and people are lying to themselves or were not watching that it happened, but there were moments in that game when Pogba would take the ball off city in the midfield. And it was almost comical watching city to try and get it back off of him. Uh, it amounted to nothing. And that's why it's never memorable is because it never went anywhere or he'd immediately make the wrong pass. But when he got the ball, and and yes, I know the Fernando or Fernandinho whatever mean going around. I get it, yes. But in that first half, man, like especially, there were times when he would get that ball in midfield, and you're thinking, crap. At least I was. Um, I I do get that he. Th- th- this is the thing with why I think people call him anonymous is because. A $94 billion signing shouldn't be making just a couple of moments that, in the field that leads... That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. It
0: <laughs> was it was a case of the world record signing did not impose himself on that game like you would expect the world record signing would and should be able to do. That's exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, that's really more or less what it comes down to. Um, I just think that... I think the dude'll get better, but I think as with France, the problem is the manager. Why on earth did Jose Mourinho want Paul Pogba? This is not a question I've heard answered.
0: Yeah, um, I think like I said earlier, it was he's sort of he wants to be an attacking midfielder. That's what he wants, but he's capable of so much more than that. And I think no, he's, he's still he's, learning. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's still learning how, how how to deploy himself and, you know, how to contribute in all phases of play. I think that's something that's just going to have to come with time. Um, but that's why he was, I would not say anonymous, but not imposing himself as you would want and expect him to be on today's game. And I think that's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah, more or less, man. Um, you know, we pretty much touched on everything that there is about this game. But going forward, obviously, the 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 problem with this type of game is that you had this huge emotional game, a uh, very hard-fought victory, and now City have to turn around and play Borussia Mönchengladbach, a team that Pep's not had the best time with.
0: Yeah. What I'm going to do first is we're going to go to the guest questions, since a lot of them are about today's game. And then we will preview uh, Gladbach at the end. Let's do that. So, so, our first question is from, pardon me if I get this wrong, but I, Amit, it, 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 Amit. 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 Amit Singh. Um, thoughts on Bravo's blunder. We talked about that, but there is a second part of the question that we haven't talked about. What do you make of Leroy Sané's debut? It's a, it says he looked timid to me. Um, for me, I thought he was good. You could see that you can obviously see the talent. I think he was still getting to grips with both his fitness and the league. It was kind of a cameo. Um, but the explosiveness, you could see the pass he made to De Bruyne, how that shot by De Bruyne didn't go in. will befuddle me forever. But the pass he made, he was just waiting, 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 and then he uncorked it perfectly. I love that. Um, really excited
1: I, about him. Yeah, go ahead. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, when you said cameo, I was like, that's a really good way to describe it. The, the thing that I'd add though is I, I thought he dealt with some of the physicality just fine. Like he was going after in and and. and you he was running it, guys. Yeah, he was taking them on. Like He didn't have a problem with it. And and he stood his ground and physically fought for balls and won. Um, so all in all, I mean, this kid's young. Like, the, the thing about this team is they are young. And holy crap, it's it's just terrifying to think of how good this team could be. Yeah, five years from now i know that's a long time to wait but four or five years from now when good now but even better five years yeah, from now yeah siné sterling gabriel jesus moreno the brun is the brun is not that young either yeah, or she, not that old either yeah she'll be in his complete prime like He'll be in his status. physical prime yeah. yeah all these other guys will be reaching like it's it, City keeps everybody under contract and happy. Like, yeah, I mean, just yeah. I, I, I to, to coming back to Cine, I, I think it was a cameo, but I thought it was a cameo, well played. I, I laughed. It was the best way to describe it. It was like seeing Wolverine, uh, appear in X Men First Class. Like, that was probably about the only involvement he should have had with that series of X-Men movies uh, and it would have been fine. It was a great cameo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well played. uh, Let's see here. MCFC Fort Collins. Hello, MCFC Fort Collins. Um, Pep's philosophy, easy to see on the ball, but moments of old habits and stones when he was under pressure. Does the Premier League need a mixture of playing out of the back and the old-fashioned English defending hoofing it? Went away from home. I'll add on particularly in games like this. I'll let you answer first. If you'd like to. I
1: I just think that there are times when Stones was smart. Like the situation called for hoofing it. That's what I, I agree with completely. I don't know that. I think it's just a simple matter of game
0: recognition. You know. Know the game. Know your surroundings. Know everything about what's going on. And make a decision based on that. It's a mental thing. I I don't know that there is this like, okay, in this game we're hoofing it. You know, I, I don't see it that way. I think it's just sort of a situational awareness thing.
1: It's sort of like time wasting at the end of the game, you know, where the goalkeeper sets the ball down. Even a Pep Guardiola team, you know, Bravo set the ball down. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Wave everyone forward five different times. Point to a guy. No, you—they're not—they're not really actually shouting anything. He's probably giving his order for McDonald's, but it's tactically time wasting and. It's, you know, really mostly what I think it, a lot of these situations are, like you said, it's game recognition um, for his part, man. I, I Dude, if, if, if not for De Bruyne's amazing performance, I'd have had Stones as my man of the match. Mm-hmm. And I know Otamendi had a hell of a game, too. Oh, didn't he? <laughs> we, we should, we should, we should mention we mentioned him briefly, but we should mention him. Yeah, we mentioned him doing something stupid, too. That's, like, the only thing we yeah. said about We Otamendia. need to mention to him being good.
0: really, 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 really good. Yeah. Because a- it would be unfair if we did. Take it away. Talk about Otamendi. I, he was just oh, a warrior is the word that comes to mind. He was just... He was up for everything. He was physical. He was not having it. I was, you know, that's what we wanted from him. That's what we thought we were buying. That's what we hoped we were buying. That was Otsemendi as I picture him. It was great. I loved it. He was fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much, that summarizes how I feel about it as well. You know, it's like I said, there are times when when maybe that rolling around or whatever you want to call it bugs you, but he's, you know, the best thing is... is, is <laughs> like major league <laughs> you know what is it about a new uniform that really makes you change your opinion about a guy he's still a dick you know it's just, it, it's one of those things man like those types of defenders are always going to agitate people get under someone's skin they're going to hate him but you know what when you need somebody to put in a shift when you need a tough sob when you're a small team And let's go over the stats here, okay? Because Otamendi had 100% of his tackles won, finished with a massive gash over his right eye that had to be stitched up. I know, I've had that same cut. He had a 91% pass accuracy, 6 interceptions, 8 clearances, Won five tackles and four aerial duels, man. Like, straight out, there's... He literally finished the game with a bandage on his head, Benucci style. Fearless. Fearless it, is the it, word it, I would the, use. The, 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 the highest compliment that I can give Otamendi was that he played like Benucci today.
0: Yep. that's. I don't have anything else to add. He was fantastic. Um, Next question. I'm going to skip that one because it deals with Champions League. Um, and we'll get to that one when we deal with the Champions League, which we will. But, um, from the Mothership. That's a great name. You like that? How drunk were... Yeah, I do like that. How drunk were you while watching the Derby, bearing in mind the kickoff times? It's gonna be the most... I'm going to disappoint everyone. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't drink. So... Don't I, not <laughs> Not 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 drunk at all. Um, I did fall asleep at halftime
1: and woke up again for the second half. Um... The best thing, the best thing that I can do for people is be like, for for those yeah, of you listening, I'm Dutch.
0: For you, answer that question. For those of you listening in the UK or Europe or wherever you are across the world, the kickoff time for me was seven thirty a.m. The kickoff time for Josh was four thirty a.m.
1: Yeah, yeah, four thirty a.m. for me, and my dumbass actually thought it was like at four forty-five. So I thought it was four forty-five too. And so As I set, used to be they've yeah, changed it this year. I set my alarm wrong because exactly that. I was used to the, the NBC's old schedule. So uh, I I botched it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I I like like Grace said, I'm going to disappoint people. I, I don't drink all that often. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I'm drunk on Twitter, you'll know. Uh, But I I can literally count on one hand the number of times I drink in a year. Uh, And it's only when my best friend, who is a professor at Wisconsin, uh, comes to town. And uh, yeah, that's that's really about it. Uh, But I am Dutch, so feel free to infer.
0: Yes. Um, Our friend MCFC Fort Collins again. Silva and leadership, two things not often talked about, but shown today... He was—he
1: was in the trenches today, wasn't he? He was in the trenches. I don't quite know that I'd call it. Le- well, okay. There's leadership by example, and that's what Silva was. Um, I think the thing that he did the the absolute best job of was just doing something so simple, keeping the ball in the midfield. That's it. Yeah. I
0: yeah.
1: thought he was really good today, to be completely clear with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he I would be hard pressed, you know, other than Bravo, I'd be hard pressed to say anyone who wasn't good today. Uh, Raheem Sterling. Sterling, but... Sterling was on the periphery. That's the idea. Yeah. Mm. That's totally fair.
1: But again, um, talked about that. It could have come down to the, the tactical plan to exploit the left side. So I mean, the yeah, pet, if some indication to this, and I already mentioned it, but when Pep was yelling at Ian Acho for, for, you know, his pass, like it went to the right side. So if it wasn't supposed to go there, where was it supposed to go?
0: Yeah. The other stat that I would throw in here before we move on to the champions league, and this was tweeted out by friend of the pod, Sam Lee. Um, a key stat he said City ran 119.6 kilometers today, United did 111 kilometers. That was United's highest total of the season. It matches City's lowest total of the season, just outworked. Yeah, that's you know. They, 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 were, then were, you know, we were still dealing with
1: this issue, right? Yeah, as Dan please yeah. pointed Point- out, very
0: playing for 90 minutes. Yeah, um. But the counterattacks were still there. They just didn't finish any of them. But they, United definitely, you know, you thought after the second goal, they looked like, at halftime, they looked like they played a full 90 minutes. They looked like they'd been given a rollicking, I thought.
1: Yeah, I I would completely agree with that. It was, it was a, a solidly worked plan. Uh, I, I think that City today meant, there's just not too much you can complain about. You 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 can talk about it in a constructive sense and say this didn't go right, that didn't go right. But in terms of you know things to genuinely bitch and moan about, I don't think that there are any. Yeah. Um. And while we're wrapping up our coverage of
0: the uh, the Derby here for this particular podcast, um, we're not done with it completely. There will be another podcast tomorrow. Our our Eddie Hod correspondent. Joe Bailey was correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was in the United end today.
1: Yeah, no, he was. uh, And he, uh, he's actually staying in Manchester. um, as I'm sure I would, if I were him too,
0: (laughs) many, many people would, but because of that, we were going to have him on this one to talk about this, but obviously he's off getting plastered somewhere and we're fully supportive of that. So what we're going to do is I'm going to sit down and talk with him tomorrow about the game And so you're going to want to watch out for that because I'm really, really interested to wonder what the United end was like during that. I'm really, really, really curious. So I'm looking forward to talking to him, but definitely stay tuned for that. We will have that tomorrow, which is Monday. Um, It might end up running into Tuesday UK time, depending on when we do it. I don't know, but that will be up within the next day or two. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk about Monkey Gladback um let's do it let's let's do it um i don't actually know what the game is that's i have been so preoccupied with surviving the derby for for the last two weeks that i know precious little it is tuesday and it is the home game that's good to know so now that we know that
1: Guardiola's had trouble now, with now, this team. Now that we've decided to do some research on the subject we'll yeah, be talking about.
0: We're really, really on top of things here. Um, this is a team that Guardiola's had trouble with in his career in Germany um, while managing Bayern. So,
1: Oddly enough, though, what's, a team that Pellegrini worked wonders we, against.
0: Or something like that.
1: Hey, that <laughs> performance... No that that I mean you could look at that 3-1 win away at Sev- at Sevilla, but I I think that the game where City won the group that for me was uh Hey, man, City... Would have have been
0: nice to not have to come from behind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, City City were a team... Like, the guy, the announcer literally foreshadowed and said that Gladbach are a team that like to... They've surrendered X number of goals in the last 15 minutes of the game, and it was a ridiculous number. And sure enough, right after that, City pop off two in succession and then add another one just for good measure. And it and it's just like yeah well I mean that's kind of what Gladback do. Does Pep alter his strategy with City's players? Knowing does, does does he let City go out there and just do what they did last year?
0: Well, I think it's going to be different, no doubt. Um, Gladback, quick primer on them: they've only played the two Bundesliga games; they lost one and won one. They lost to Freiburg three one, and they beat Leverkusen in their home opener two one. So they've been a bit leaky defensively. Um, we'll see if that carries itself into Europe. They play again.
1: Borussia Dortmund.
0: No, they yeah no they played today. Yeah, they they played today and they lost to Freiburg three one. So they're coming in off a loss, they ship three to Freiburg, and then they get to come in and play on Tuesday at the Etsy Hat. I feel pretty good about this one, to be honest. Um, they have I, been a bit leaky. I, you, you tell me how you feel about it, but...
1: I, 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 I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you, what makes you so confident?
0: Um, I think we have better players and a home field advantage.
1: All right, fair enough. <laughs> I, uh, I mean... um.
0: I don't, I mean, I don't want to be overconfident. I'm not trying to say that there's no way they're going to lose this game. I'm definitely, there's a bit of tension for me, but I feel like this is a winnable game for them. Um, Gladbach definitely have Danger Men. We've seen them. They have Raphael. Um, Eden Hazard's younger brother, you know. I, it's not really. He's had
1: a hell of a season.
0: Yeah. Um, Stindl. Uh, they got, they have some, they have good players. Do not get me wrong. I'm not, don't want it to sound like I'm trying to take this lightly, but at the same time, I do think that city will be prepared for this. They do have the better players and I do think that they will play well at home. So, um, you tell me how, how we think, how do, how do we think that they might line up here? Cause Aguero will be available. His ban only yeah. applies to England. So Aguero will be
1: available. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you start Aguero. Uh, I'm curious if, if he held out Gundogan to to have him start on Tuesday. That's
0: a, that's a really interesting thought. Um, you wonder if, if we'll see, uh, based Vinny? on their famili- familiarity with, um, yeah, you read my mind, based on their familiarity with the German players, or the German teams, um, if we will see Sané and Gundogan. In this game.
1: I was kinda of wondering that. And I I don't that's why I'm wondering if, you know you know, Raheem Sterling had like you said, a day off almost. Does Pep give him a rest? I mean, Sonny can play on the right. He showed it today. He so, played on the right, yeah. yeah. He
0: came on, played on the right today.
1: So, I is is that foreshadowing like Raheem's going to take a back seat and maybe in the Champions League game it will be like I said where you'll have Fernandinho and Gundogan and and maybe uh y- you have I don't know, maybe you maybe now you feel so you feel comfortable enough like you said you could play Silva as a false 9. And just sort of let him and De Bruyne rotate in and out, and and let them work that midfield. Um, but I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know if 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 Pep's gonna want to play straight forward with Aguero. I would think he would. But I'm
0: sure Aguero will start. I'm just not sure what else he'll do. This I'm, is kind of a the kind of a weird one for me because I feel like this is a game where he could overhaul things a little bit. Not overhaul, but you know, he knows his record against Gladbach. He'll know it. Guardiola will. So I don't know if he'll... It's a different team. It's a different league. It's different everything. So I don't know You know if he'll think that he wants to do anything differently. But at the same time, I can definitely see changing things up a little bit. Because even today, it wasn't really a significant change up. It was basically Iheanacho slotting in for Aguero and everything else was the same.
1: Do you think he's going to be it was, changing it up for the sake of the Technics double pivot for the sake of change or to spell some guys out who might look tired
0: a combination of all three wouldn't surprise me
1: um i don't know if he'll tired
0: i don't know you know it's up to them to assess fitness and they definitely do they're all over that sort of thing but i don't know if he might go with the double pivot just to see what happens it would be risky to experiment in a Champions League game, but he's definitely not beyond it. He's done it before. so
1: Everybody remembers would, his famous three-man yeah. experiment against Barca. Uh,
0: and Real Madrid as well in his first season there. But I think if Gundogan is fit, and we have been hearing, you know, we thought he'd be fit today, but he wasn't on the bench. He wasn't in the team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on Tuesday. that's definitely one thing I think he might look to get him in there.
1: Yeah. And maybe
0: it is to spell Fernandinho. I don't know.
1: That could I be wouldn't. As, as yeah, I was thinking about that. I was wondering if he wanted to, you know, just say, Hey Dino. He,
0: he has had, to, had run. to run a lot.
1: Mm hmm. And and maybe he the needs most the rest. Thing.
0: But You can't ask guys to run like that two, three times a week.
1: That's why I'm thinking with the turnaround and the amount of running that I... I it's Given why, the
0: intensity of the United game particularly as well. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm thinking that some of those guys are, you know, obviously there's not much you can do in the back. I mean, I guess you can, but not really. Um, and I don't... He's
0: evidently just not fit enough, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, and I don't think he would, but I, I think at the end of the day... Uh, there, there there, are changes to be made, uh, for sure. I just, I I think the one thing that we can both agree on on this is that we both think Sene will start in place of Sterling, right? Or we're, we're in agreement. I can on? agree
0: with that. I can agree with that. Either him or Nolito, but I'm not sure he'll take him out.
1: Yeah, I don't see Nolito coming off. I see Guardiola saying, "Let's see how Sané and Nolito do." You know.
0: Yeah, that's completely reasonable if you ask me.
1: That's kind of what. But because Sterling needs those bursts, he people still need to remember that Sterling doesn't need to be playing thirty-eight Premier League games. It just he's not that type of player. Yet.
0: Yeah, guys, guys are gonna guys are gonna be rotated in and out. Mm-hmm, and. And this I'm, might be the first real opportunity to do so. Because they haven't they've had midweek games before it was Bucharest but it was a bit different to this, I would say.
1: Yeah, and and that wasn't one of those instances where yeah,
0: that made, was only one game too. The yeah. second leg was a dead rubber. So I I wouldn't be surprised this is a bit different. You're coming off one of the more intense games you'll play all season and you're you're going to want to get off to a good start. In a home Champions League match where, on paper, you are the better team, you're not going to want to throw those points away. So, in my mind, you're going to want freshness and, if not necessarily experimentation, you're going to want a fresh team that can give Gladbach a real run for it.
1: Yeah, the the, the thing, like, people who predict these lineups, they're like, there's no way Pep will start that guy, he's not 100% fit. I'm like... That's sort I of saw Pep's someone, thing. I
0: saw, Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter mentions who didn't, who really didn't think that he would put Kolarov in.
1: And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you've met Pet, but starting players who aren't fit is kind of one of the things he. Ca- He's like, can you go out there and give me 40 minutes? All right, then get your ass out there and give me 40 minutes, like. You know, he's not one of those managers that looks at a guy and says, oh, he's got a slight injury. I'm not going to start him at all. He's like, go give me what you can and I'll pull you off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we both agree nothing surprising about the potential experimentation in this one. No. We're kind of expecting some changes here.
1: Yeah, I think I think Gundawan it's his time. I think Company may be a surprise inclusion. I think it might be his time.
0: I think uh, it might be off the bench.
1: Yeah, I think so too. But I think that company is one of those guys that Pep's been saying, Oh, he's not quite there yet. He's not quite there yet. Pep's also not gonna tip his hand either, you know? He's not gonna come out and be like, well... Oh, He's totally ready. We got him. No, man, give the, this is sort of like Bill Belichick's strategy of listing. Everybody as questionable. Like, could he play? He's questionable. Like yeah. and Tom Brady, the, the, really questionable. The
0: Bill, the Bill, the Bill Belichick school of injury reporting.
1: Right. Basically. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not sure if Pep's being totally honest about his enzyme levels. I, I think that they're biding their time. I think that it's, it you know, much like Sane, some of these guys, I have been, although ironically enough that I thought Gundogan would be back early. It appears he's going to be right on schedule. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. So this was, this was the game they were targeting and it sounds like, it was kind of a 50-50 decision they just opted with the safe route, which I don't blame them for at all, especially with how well Fernandino's been playing. So
1: Well, and given the physicality of this match and the way. Yeah, this is
0: not time. a game that I would have thrown an injury injured player into for his return.
1: Yeah, especially not, a guy with a bad back and there were a lot of no yeah. duels. Not
0: not not the right game for that, nope. I don't think. I think Gladback would be much more accommodating.
1: Yeah. I I tend to think the same thing. That's That's kind of where I'm at that. So that's really where I'm at on lineups. Uh, Yeah. So,
0: so let's close this out with our final listener question or yeah, our final guest question. Um, how many points are we winning the league by smiley face joke, obviously, but really what are our expectations for the champions league, both in group or overall? That's from Rob, AKA destroyna another quality Twitter name. Um, so you go first. What are you looking for in the Champions League this year? Group first and then overall.
1: Um, City obviously have a tough group. Um, a winnable group, but a tough group. Um, I think... With Pep's experience, you expect them to go through with the group. I... Allow that city city have the possibility of finishing second um
0: I think they actually will finish second
1: yeah I mean what do you do man
0: like I do, it's it's well you have Barcelona and this yeah, not only is but, it Barcelona, but this is a Barcelona team that unlike city at this point, they've had the same manager for a while they've had the same players for a while they're very well drilled and they know exactly what they're doing
1: and they're currently losing to Alavez. Are they now? Well, <laughs> so,
0: smack me with a, smack me with a fish and call me silly then. Nah,
1: but I, look, dude, I, I very much think I think it's city very defensible. Win, yeah. Can win one of the games. They should city should win their game at home. And Barca right now is not a complete package. They're, they're, they're just not. And Messi's getting to that age where the injuries are starting to mount up. And with Pep look he got it wrong against Barca the first time but he got it right against them the second time and people can say oh Barca didn't care they cared they cared um if it there's no reason he can't split the series like he did with with Bayern um but you know you just have to hope that Barca stumble Elsewhere along the way, and when do they stumble? That's really yeah. what it comes down to.
0: That is that is absolutely fair. I'm taking a conservative route, and I would love to be proven wrong. But you know, there, there's nothing we can really say because if they finish second, they're really really beholden to the draw. Yeah, and even if they finish first, they're because they're, you know you have guys like Real Madrid who aren't in pot one, and you know. Someone's gonna a good team or two always finish second in their own group.
1: So, yeah, I
0: I, I don't know, you,
1: I don't think Juve are as strong. Like if if you look at some potential winners of groups and you say, don't know that Juve are as strong as they've been in the past.
0: Yeah, that, I mean I don't. I'm talking off the top of my head. I don't have the groups memorized. So right,
1: right, right, right. No, and as am but
0: I. The, just the general rule. Someone good's gonna finish second somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. It will it by, might be
0: City or it might be somewhere else. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I think it's unrealistic to expect to finish above Barca, but if City do, I don't I would caution people against saying, Oh, we're going all the way. Like, no, just cause you mm-hmm. beat a group against a Barca team that aren't now at a hundred percent. Uh, that, that that that
0: they, they won a, Yeah, they won a group last year with the reigning runners up mm-hmm. in it, and they did go to the semis. But
1: yeah, well, if this team That's, can't beat that Real team, then I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hesitant to make predictions on the uh, knockout stages. Look. I think they will get there, and they should get there. But the draw, the draw is such a crapshoot; you never know. Yeah.
1: I, I I would say that the quarterfinals seem like I know it's a step back.
0: I think that's realistic. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think that the quarterfinals is a fair target for Pep. You know, I think, I, that,
0: I, I think that the semifinals would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think that the semifinals is also overachieving. And I thought it was overachieving last year. That
0: was and I thought it was definitely overachieving last year. I didn't think they'd get past PSG.
1: No, and the fact yeah. that they crushed them surprised me. I mean that. Yeah. I didn't see that coming.
0: Just the the away game was.
1: Well, that De Bruyne yeah. goal at home too. I mean, <sighs> yeah.
0: But yeah, I, absolutely.
1: I, I, but the, I, I yeah,
0: the point being stages.
1: yeah, yeah, that's quarterfinals.
0: I think they need to at bare minimum get through the last sixteen to the last eight. I would expect them to be in the last eight. How's that?
1: I like that. I agree with that. I'm not. I'm not going to push it any further than that. I think that that's reasonable. Once you get to that point, Pep's who, never who, been who peps, never not at least reached a semi-final. So yeah. you have that, but this, I think this is the first year and honestly should be the first year that he doesn't reach one. It would be good. I think for pep to, you know, get knocked out in the quarterfinal stage in, in some way. I mean, not necessarily because it would be good for Pepin in that he needs his ego needs a check, but there's still a lot of work to be done at City, and if they go out in that stage or if they go out at, at some stage to a much better – because at that point, if you're going out, you're going out to a better team. That's the obvious implication there. But when you do go out, that better team is going to show you exactly what you need to fix. And that's going to be really beneficial to Pep in the offseason. And the great thing about what City had is people need to remember that Real and Atletico are on trends for Benz. That is going to be Bet rather big going forward.
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um. Can't sign anyone until what is it, 2018? Yep. Yeah, have fun in the next window, Pep. Because you suddenly, you have some you have some options there. Because players can't move to Real, um, then you're looking at Barcelona, basically, is your main competition if for the best players on the market if you're getting in there.
1: Especially if things don't go well at United. If this Jose experiment doesn't get off the ground, let's say if United finish fourth again or fifth, or whatever and and don't win the Europa League, it maybe some of that doubt starts to creep in, you know, did you know that the board with United is gonna be, you know, those voices that were against him, they're they're biting their time right now. They are. And yeah, anybody I agree. who's ever anybody who has ever Bobby
0: Charlton's watching like a hawk. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just boardroom politics. This is, you know, management 101. Those dudes are biding their time right now, and they're not going to exert whatever force they have. Eventually, there had to be a concession on their part that whatever manager they needed, they weren't going to get, and hiring Mourinho honestly was the only option for United. I understand why they absolutely had to make this hire. They had to. It wasn't an option but there are people who and and i could understand why they think this felt united would be better off taking a lower end manager maybe you get a guy like unai emery or whatever the case may be take a chance on somebody or just promote gigs damn it
0: well, um, i don't think that would yeah, i don't right. i
1: don't honestly think that gigs was ready like, you know, no, the, I don't the,
0: think he was. And the I think with a Mourinho, come,
1: the dudes that have come out of that class of 92, not so great at managing.
0: Yeah. And I think that with the Mourinho available, if they went for someone like Emery, I don't think it would have gone over well. That's fair. That's fair. I, so. So I think that I think you're right. It was the higher they had to make. I, I do think they'll finish top three top or maybe even top two. So I, I don't think they'll part with Mourinho after a year unless. No. There's utter disaster. I think if the second year starts to, you know, that's I don't, what I'm I think wondering gets, about. Because I think he gets two years at minimum.
1: That, but it's usually around that second year that things tend to go wonky.
0: Well, next next year is the one he's supposed to win, and the third one is supposed to be the one where all that's the, the trap,
1: year so. that Zlatan's going to be like 36.
0: Well, yeah, we're trying to predict the future that we can't. we are. Predict.
1: This is stupid. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. but I, That's a
0: good way to close our first official podcast on the City Watch Network. This is stupid and we're trying to do too much. Yeah. There you have it, everyone. That is what we're all about.
1: Um, <laughs> it really is awful. <laughs> it's like, so there's a point in that conversation where I'm like, what the hell are we doing?
0: <laughs> the more you know. Right. So there. now that we've opined on this, um, I'll turn this over to you for any final thoughts before we sign ourselves off.
1: Yeah, no, I... I again, about
0: the Derby, about the Champions League, about anything relating to the world of City.
1: Yeah, it, I again, the first thing I'd say is just repeating what you said at the top of the hour, just thanking City Watch for this opportunity, and, and I do hope that we come through for you guys. Uh, we're, we're here, we're interactive, you know, um yeah. Yeah, I've- we've
0: obviously if you're again, if you're new to us and you're still listening, um, we've had a son on before. We have been in close contact with him for quite a while. He, we consider him a friend of the show and we hope really, really, really hope to have him on again at some point. We expect to have him on again at some point.
1: Um, yeah, I suppose you'll be I hearing- should tell people the, what we get out of the deal.
0: Like- yeah, you'll be hearing us on City Watch, pod- the other City Watch podcasts from time to time. You've already heard Josh on one I'm still waiting for my grand debut, but you will be hearing us from time to time, and we will be sort of rotating guests. Citywide have a great table of guests.
1: I can guarantee Go you ahead. when Asan hears that, he's going to be drinking his beer, he's going to be thinking, I'm so oh, sorry. hell, mate. <laughs> Calling me That's out not, now, are you? I that can is just, not meant... To. I can just hear it.
0: <laughs> that is not meant to be a call-out, but you can treat this. I'm just kidding. Um, but,
1: nope, you put the guests on the table. We've you. been...
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll both be appearing on City Watch, other City Watch podcasts from time to time. Um, we'll be taking full advantage of the City Watch table of guest. T- 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 what, what word am I going for here? Table Stable of, of guests. <laughs> the City Watch table of guests. This is devolving very quickly into something that's not very good. Um, but we are taking full advantage. They have great guests. And we know City Watch ha- hold themselves to impeccably high standards on their material. And we are going to hope and try to live up to that and bring you good guests, good content, everything you can hope for from a couple of yanks. So we're really, really excited and we're really, really grateful for the opportunity. And I'll let you finish your closing. I,
1: I actually think that you you said that rather beautifully, mate. I think we can close out on that.
0: All right. Well, perfect. Um, like we said at the top of the show, we are on iTunes. Um, you can subscribe to us there. We are on Blog Talk Radio. That is our sponsor, our wonderful, wonderful sponsor. Um, And you'll be hearing from us again before the Gladbach game and then again after the Gladbach game, without a doubt. So for Josh, my name is Gray. Thank you for listening to City Watch's American Citizens. We will be back. Oh, geez, I almost signed off without talking about our social media platforms. Again, we are really disorganized right now. Um To
1: be fair, it's Derby Day and I don't think anybody had a plan.
0: Yeah, I'm on like four or five hours of sleep. This
1: right is now. this is sort of like the day was always going to go as the game went.
0: Yeah. So um new listeners and old alike, you can follow us on social media at America Citizens, just like the podcast name. We couldn't fit the N in because Twitter has handle limits. Um we both have personal accounts. They are in the bio there. I know, Josh, you said on the last one, you're getting a new one soon. So I won't pimp it, but obviously we do have personal accounts. They're in the bio on that Twitter. And um, if you if you want mute, very angry musings on American sports, then feel free to check those out. But um, Oh,
1: those things are priceless.
0: The city content is... Uh, largely. I do tweet about it on my personal account, but that's that's what the podcast accounts for, so you can filter through that nonsense. Um so that I think covers everything. Thank God. I think we've c think we've got it all. Um so thank you for bearing with us. Wait, go ahead. Have I forgotten I, something?
1: No, I was gonna say we, we we finally did it. We finally managed to get to the end of the episode after like nine million screw ups, but like I said, like you said, man. Uh, glory,
0: glory, hallelujah.
1: Exactly. It's not glory, glory, man, United. And and that's the best thing.
0: So that is, that is going to do it for us. Um, again, he's Josh. I'm Gray. Thank you so much for bearing with us and listening. We'll be back with a slightly more organized effort in the days to come. Um, this has been American Citizens on City Watch. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.